0: Chapter Three. I uh, listen on Sunday afternoon because there's a we're actually ahead of the states here. It's only Saturday evening in uh, Denver now. And so by Sunday evening, the you guys had already met and uh, the sermons were online, and I listened to make sure Tim wasn't preaching some sort of heresy. <laughs> and I have to say. It was fantastic. I had never knew that there were two different words in the Greek for new, when we talk about new wineskins. It was fantastic. And then the whole thing about worship, obviously should have been two weeks. Uh, we often say that you, we have coffee before you come because we know the guy who's preaching and coffee's recommended. With Tim, it wasn't to keep you awake, it was just to keep you up. You know that was so fast. It should have been a couple of weeks. He had more points, but it was fantastic. Thank you, Tim. Uh, being away on vacation, I just get full, and so I want to actually start us what's going to end up being a seven-part series this morning. That's what happens when I go away on vacation. <laughs> go away on vacation. <laughs> Becoming like Jesus. In. A, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Most of you would know this already. But it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're not seeing it full strength. We're seeing it a little bit dimmed. Because if we, when we see it full strength... It'll be, that's a whole nother story. But we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And over in Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 13, says, Till we come to a unity of the faith, to a knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ we're being conformed to the image of Christ to the full stature of Christ that's what God's doing in us who are believers the lexicon says to a mature or complete man to the measure of the full maturity or stature of Christ The uh, NIV translates it, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is what the Holy Spirit's doing in us. Contemporary English version says, and then we will be mature, just as Christ is, and we will be completely like him. Now think about everything we were singing this morning. Think about our whole focus on Jesus and seeing him and knowing him, and then put that in the understanding that the Holy Spirit is making you like that. Supernatural. I don't know how he does it. Actually, I do. I'm going to tell you. So what is the full stature of Christ? What are we talking about? That uh, that was obviously your first question, of course. We're being made into the full stature of Christ. What is the full stature of Christ? What does it mean to be completely like him? Before I get there, let me just review a major theme in the Bible. Back in Genesis chapter 1, from verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion, Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over all these things. Two key principles there that we see throughout the whole word. And that is that we're made in God's image. The reason we are made in his image is so that we can have relationship with him. But we're also made to have dominion or rulership. Both were God's purpose, relationship and rulership. That's why we were created. That's why this whole thing, that's what God had in mind. Ultimately, if you read the whole Bible, you see that it ends with a bride for Christ. God, when he started made this bride with the capacity for relationship who who wants a bride who can't have relationship but also the capacity for rulership because that bride was going to be married to the king of the universe so we were made with relationship for relationship and rulership and that's the theme that that we see throughout the Bible that was then lost at the fall both relationship and rulership were lost relationship we were separated from God but also the rulerships that God had delegated to Adam and Eve, part of the, the reason Satan wanted to deceive them was because he wanted to take over. Twice, Jesus called him the ruler of this world. God didn't make him the ruler. He actually took it away from Adam and Eve when they sinned. So not only did we lose relationship, we lost rulership. Then we see the whole story of the rest of the Bible is God's restoring relationship with him in Christ, new covenant, but also restoring rulership. The kingdom of God, the rule of God, where God dwells. We see that in the Old Testament, we see two key things. We see Israel and the tabernacle, which represented God's presence, restoring a relationship, and we see them taking a land, which is the restoring of rulership. So we see this theme throughout the whole Bible. That's the whole background. I'm going to talk very fast to get all this in. But you have to understand that because when we come to the concept of The full stature of Christ, I want you to see that it's two things. It's being like Jesus in relationship with the Father. All those things that are involved in that love and intimacy and the character that's that's developed in us personally as we have this intimate relationship, but it's also... The restoring of rulership or ministry, the extending of the kingdom. Becoming like Jesus is becoming like who he is, but also what he does. It's both. That's the full stature of Christ. The intimacy, the the relationship, we see in John 5.19. Jesus said, I do nothing of myself, but only what I hear the Father saying. Also, 5.30 says virtually the same thing. There's actually five times in John where Jesus says he does nothing of himself. God intended us to have relationship with him. But then in that relationship to also do something, which is ministry. We see in John chapter 5, where we just were, and a little bit farther on in verse 30, verse 36, says this, But I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. So it wasn't just the relationship, it was the ministry as well. And then most of you know John 14, 12 says, the the works that I do, you'll do. And even greater. So when we talk about the full stature of Jesus, we're talking about this relationship With God, becoming like Him in love, in intimacy, and the character that that brings about in us. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, all those things are relational things. But then there's also the ministry side. There's how we partner with Him to see His kingdom extended. That's for every single one of us. That's not for people who are ministers, we're all ministers. We're a kingdom of priests, the Bible calls us. So when, we're, when the Holy Spirit's at work in you to make you into the full stature of Jesus, there's these two aspects that he's at work doing. Are you still with me? Great. That was really exciting, wasn't it? Think about that for a moment. God wants you to be like Jesus. Jesus only did what he heard the Father saying. He had such an intimacy in, in relationship that he heard what the Father was saying. He wants you to only do what you hear the Spirit saying. But he also said, these works that I do bear witness to me. And you're going to do the very same works. And even greater. Greater. I'm going to get sidetracked here for about two minutes, if I can. Because what are greater works than what Jesus did? Jesus healed people, he raised people from the dead. I want to tell you what greater works is preaching the gospel. Because people get saved, and that has an eternal consequence. It's not more people getting raised from the dead, as wonderful as that is. It's actually an eternal thing, which is preaching the gospel and people getting saved, coming into a relationship with Jesus. And so, greater works. About 200,000 people every day become followers of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? A lot of people say, I want to go back to the New Testament where 3,000 people were added in one day. We're so far beyond that. What they're actually saying is, I want 3,000 people added to my church. (laughs) Rather than 200,000 added to the kingdom. See, it's a kingdom mentality that says, hey, we want to see people added to Jesus So how do we become like Jesus? We just heard what it means to be the full stature of Jesus, but how do we become like Jesus? This is all introduction to the next six weeks we're going to talk about being like Jesus. I just want to set the stage. And I actually was going to try and do all this in one one shot, and it wasn't going to happen. Huh? Now it's seven. (laughs) So how do we become like Jesus? Two aspects. How many of you uh, play cricket? Any cricket players? How many of you ever watch cricket? Okay. I'm not originally from Australia. I am an Australian citizen, but I've tried to pick up cricket and I've learned a little bit, but there's something about line and length. That the line is, okay, where are we? We, what do they call it? Bowling, Pitching pitching, bowling. Bowling? Pitching? Well, pitching is baseball. You're going to confuse me. Okay, so, so what line is it on, and then what length is it going? And so we're going to talk about line and length. The, the line is we become like Jesus both personally and together. There's two aspects in the New Testament, and we have to understand them both if we're going to be conformed to the image of Christ if we're going to be changed and transformed Romans 14 I know Romans is in my Bible my wife says I can blame everything on jet lag I was wide awake at 4 o'clock this morning Which is better than 3 o'clock yesterday. Uh, Romans 14 and verse 10 says this. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Basically saying, you're responsible for you. You have a personal responsibility to respond to the Holy Spirit. You You can't blame it on someone else. You have a personal responsibility. Don't, don't say I had someone else's fault. We're to be doers of the word and not hearers only, but you can't blame that on Tim. If he had preached better, I would be a doer of the word. <laughs> the word is the word. How, what does it mean to be a doer? It means worship. All those things he said. Galatians 6, 4-8, to 8, it says this, But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and on another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, he will reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You have a personal responsibility before God to become like Jesus. One of my favorite scriptures in the last few weeks is John chapter 21. And it's very simple. Jesus is it's a part where jesus is talking to peter he says do you love me and he says yes i love you and he says then feed my sheep and uh he says it three times but in verse 21 uh, says uh peter seeing him said to jesus but lord what about this man he's talking about john and jesus says if i will that he remain till i come what is that to you you follow me what about this man what is that to you you follow me what about this guy? He's getting away with something. What is that to you? You follow me. What about this preacher in some other nation that I've heard about? Jesus says, what is that to you? You follow me. Don't use that as an excuse. Don't get focused on the wrong thing. Keep your eyes on Jesus and follow him. But while there is a personal responsibility in us becoming like Jesus, there is also something in the Bible about us together doing that. This is the line, personal and together. Acts chapter 2, 41 says, Jesus added to the church those who are being saved. Added to people. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says we're baptized into the body of Christ. Church would be so easy if there were no people involved. (laughs) Ephesians 2, 17 to 22 talks about being part of the household of God. Ephesians 3, 12 to 16 talks about just where we were reading about that part which every joint supplies. There's something about us being together that enables us to become mature in Christ. Have you ever thought about the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Could you actually practice those if you lived on a deserted island by yourself? Some you could, but it's hard. See, the, the whole concept is that they're designed to be part of community, yeah. having to deal with other people. That's part of how we grow. Sometimes you look at other people and say, there's such a pain. Now you need to thank God and say, Lord, thank you that there's such a pain because that's how we grow. I'm becoming like Jesus. Steve is helping me become like Jesus. Not that he's a paid. <laughs> I didn't actually segue that very well, did I? <laughs> or maybe I did. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 15. says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, is it therefore not part of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body. Is it therefore not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleases. Look around. God pleased to put these guys here. It wasn't because we did a wonderful advertising job. The ones you get along with and the ones you don't get along with. He puts together. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, these members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, on them we bestow greater honor. And our presentable parts have greater monest- Our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it that there should be no schism or division of the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all all suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Four points, and then I'll finish. Verse 15 basically says we can't separate ourselves. If we're going to become like Jesus, we can't separate ourselves. We can't say, I have no need of other people. Just me and Jesus. We can do it. All I need is Jesus. Yes, you need Jesus. But to become like Jesus, you need other people. Oh, rats. (laughs) Verse 21 I can't say the hand, I have no need of you, or getting the head to the feet, I have no need of you, is that we can't live autonomously independent. We can't separate ourselves if we're going to become like Jesus. We can't live on a deserted island. My wife and I, when we first got married, wanted to uh, homestead in Alaska in the 1970s, which is when we got married. They were still allowing homesteading, and if you homestead in Alaska, you could get 600 acres of property. All you had to do was live on it. The idea of kind of going out to the wilderness and getting our own place and not having to deal with people appealed to both of us. (laughs) Except Jesus. Yeah, except for bears, grizzlies. Except Jesus says, you can't do that if you're going to be like me. You know, Jesus spent times all night alone in prayer. But he didn't spend all his time alone in prayer. He then went back where the people were. I like the all night alone prayer part. Point number three, verse 24. But our presentable parts have no need, but, the, but God composed the body, giving greater on the part which lacks it. There, there should be no schism. And that the members should have the same care for one another. Point three is that we must care for all the members. I can't find the little group that has the same gifting I have. Why are we saying this? Because we're going to see that becoming like Jesus in uh, Ephesians 4.13, the full stature of Christ is tied in with apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's what we're going to look at. And those gifts that Jesus has given the church that equip us for the work of the ministry and to become like Jesus to the full stature of Christ. The problem is, most of us will resonate with one more than the others. So maybe you resonate with the prophetic. We'll talk about what that is in the weeks to come. The problem is, the prophetic and the pastoral don't always get together, or the evangelists and the pastoral. Pastoral just love, we just got to love people. We just got to make sure everyone's included. We don't want anyone left out. The evangelist said, forget those people. What about the lost? And they fight each other. These guys say, these guys don't don't get it. These guys say, these guys have no love. The reality is that we're to care for one another. But we also need to realize that every one of us needs every one of those giftings if we're going to be like Jesus. Must care for all the members, not just the ones we like. Not just the ones that have the same sense of humor. I've got a weird sense of humor, I've been told. I find it very difficult to be serious for any long periods of time. Uh, Reality is, not everyone has the same sense of humor, or the same gifting, or the same temperament. But we have to care for one another lastly verse 26 and if one member suffers all the members suffer one member is honor all the members are honored talks about lives being woven together our lives being tightly woven together something of god's heart if we're going to be like jesus that we can't just say i come on sunday and look at the back of someone else's head As I look to see what's happening in front. Our lives have to be woven together. There's something of being like Jesus that he knits us together. Now there's one other side point I said earlier, and I want to repeat. I said it uh, during the prayer time. And that is in here what we see is that the gifts that are most visible are not the most important too often we, we equate visibility with importance. The person who gets up in front and preaches or leads the worship must be more important than me because they're more visible. That's part of our culture, celebrity mentality. But the reality, the Bible says, is what the Holy Spirit does in touching someone is the most important. Your word of encouragement, your greeting to somebody, your sharing a scripture with somebody could be what keeps them from committing suicide. And what was preached meant absolutely nothing to them. Kingdom of priests, we have to break down the idea that the most visible is the most important. That's what he's saying. It's not the most important. So what does this mean for, for us? As we look into this series over the next few weeks, it means first and foremost that we have to decide that we're going to keep growing to be like Jesus. Growth doesn't just happen as a function of time. It happens because we choose to be like Jesus. We choose to respond. No matter how old you are, you're not, like, you're not completely like Jesus yet. <laughs> I'm looking at Glenn, who is almost like Jesus, <laughs> only because he's getting up there. That's <laughs> God. no she's going yes no matter how long you've been a follower of Jesus like I said Christ likeness is not just a matter of time just because you live a long time doesn't mean you become like Jesus You become like Jesus as you respond to the Holy Spirit and to the word and say yes I'm going to change that yes I'm going to be transformed yes I'm going to make a different decision Growing in relationship and in ministry. How much? How often do we think we found our gift, and now I'm happy? Just give me, give me my little thing to do, and that's okay. And God's saying, No, no, no. I want you to be to the full stature of Jesus. How what I don't really like praying for people who are sick. Yeah? Well, you need to grow. Because Jesus did that. Well, I don't want to really want to pray for someone who's dead. <laughs> you better be led by the Spirit <laughs> if you're going to do that. I have a friend who was a uh, a good friend of mine. He passed away a number of years ago, but he was a missionary in Japan. In the, went over in the 1950s and uh, saw a number of people get saved, but had this faith and uh, heard about this uh, guy who had, had died. And so he got his buddy and said, we're going to go over there. and We're going to pray, and God's going to raise him from the dead. And he went over there, and they went over to the guy's house. And as they got there, this box is being bounced down the stairs. Land is so valuable in Japan that when someone dies, they cut them up into little pieces and put them in a box. Back then. And so he was full of faith until he saw the box and all the little pieces and he went, no. (laughs) Thanks for that picture. (laughs) You better know you've heard from God is what I'm saying. Jesus did only what he heard the Father saying. So sometimes our best intents aren't actually (laughs) obedience. They're a good idea. Secondly, that we're gonna grow both personally and together. That as we approach this, we're gonna commit ourselves to love and honor others. No matter where they are in their maturity. And no matter what their gifting is. That's how we become like Jesus. The full stature. But let me tell you, you don't become like Jesus unless you know Him. It's not a matter of, I can believe the right things. Christianity is not a system of beliefs, it's a relationship. You become like Jesus because you know Him. If you don't know Him, then everything I've said to you this morning makes absolutely no sense. It's not a matter of, if I just try harder, if I change my behavior, behavior modification. I can be better. Let me tell you, you can't. It won't work. You will fail. Christianity isn't about you becoming better, it's about you dying and becoming new. If you don't know Jesus, we'd love to introduce you to him. But also, if you've got your focus off of Jesus onto something else, onto other people, maybe you've gotten hurt, maybe you've had circumstances, Maybe the things in your life tend to be like huge waves in the ocean and you can't see beyond. You know, when you're down in the trough of the wave, you can't see if there's land out there because all you can see is the wave. Maybe you've gotten your eyes off Jesus. Or maybe you've actually gone through all the motions and it's just no life. He wants to to restore you. So if you don't know Jesus, we'd love to introduce you to him. If you've gotten your eyes off of Jesus, someone would love to pray with you. Especially if you have no life. If you've been going through the motions, doing the religious thing. I'm going to ask you if you'd stand with me as we're dismissed. Now you know why this has become a seven-part series instead of trying to do it all today. I'm going to ask you just to take a moment. You close your eyes. Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. (coughs) Would you decide today that you're going to continue to be transformed to be like Jesus? Would you decide today, if you don't know him, that today is the day that you come into relationship and become a follower of Jesus? Or would you decide today to get your eyes back on him and off of the circumstances around you? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're the one who leads us in truth. Jesus, we're just absolutely overwhelmed And amazed at your grace, that you loved us, and that you actually gave yourself so that we could come into intimate relationship, a new covenant. And we say we want to be transformed to be like Jesus. Lord, I'm so tired of seeing supposed Christians who don't represent Jesus, who are critical or destructive, hateful. Lord, we we don't want to be those. We want to be those who are becoming like Jesus. Empower us by your Spirit. Amen.